there's just one exit if you blink you've gone too far we all get our news from the gal behind the bar it takes a village to raise this community and even if you don't go to church you say grace or give your thanks before you eat this is us a small town in america and put simply we like things how they used to be we got one stop sign the bar closes at nine and we got an exxon you can't miss it it's up there on the right and this is home we take care of our own if you can't relate get back on the interstate and go Well, hello, everyone. After a little bit of a break, we are back, and welcome to Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town, a product of the Climax Scots Digital Network. Per usual, I'm your host, Kevin Harvey, proud 1998 Climax Scots graduate. I just moved back to the area after a 21-year detour in Chicago, and I'm happy to bring this show to you every week now that we're back. And just thank you, everyone, for your patience. The podcast took two weeks off for the holidays and winter break, My schedule was way off. I know a lot of people's schedules were going to be out of whack due to school or work, being out or traveling in the holidays. And I think this week we're pretty much back to normal with a few exceptions, but hopefully whatever's going on this week, somehow Climax of Podcast fits into your listening patterns. If it's your first time here, welcome. If you are a repeat listener, then you know we like to do the business up front and thank those who help us keep the lights on here at Climax the Podcast. First up this week, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Eldred Homestead Bed and Breakfast. Fashioned from the historic Eldred Homestead in Climax, Michigan and located at 6378 South 44th Street, Chris and Rand had turned this very historic property into a delightful little bed and breakfast. And every week I like to say if you're coming to Climax for the first time or maybe you're returning home for a visit, there's a lot of different hotels up and down the highway and in Battle Creek and Kalamazoo, but if you're coming to visit Climax or Scotts, why not stay someplace that's so close to home? I guarantee you it's going to be a far more unique experience than you're going to get in any cookie-cutter hotel in the area. For more information or to book your stay, you can visit their listing on Airbnb.com. You can give them a call at 269-808-8183 or send them an email at eldredhomestead at gmail.com. And Climax the Podcast would not be possible without the support and archival access to our friends at Prairie Historical Society. Operating out of the history room at Lawrence Memorial Library, PHS has been documenting the histories of Climax Scots in the surrounding areas for nearly 40 years. There's a lot of great stuff for you to check out in the history room, which is open on Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to noon, and on Thursday nights from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And if maybe you're back in the area and it doesn't happen to be on a Tuesday or Thursday... PHS can generally make something happen in the way of a custom appointment for you. All you have to do is send a message or give them a call. To call, the number is 269-746-4796. You can send an email to ClimaxPHS at gmail.com. And you can send a message through, and I encourage you to follow their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash ClimaxPHS. Prairie Historical Society is a nonprofit organization kept going by the donations of our community. Membership to PHS gets you their six bi-monthly newsletters, and that membership is only $15 a year. It helps you learn a great deal of town history, and it helps keep a great organization going. You can send those payments to Prairie Historical Society, 107 North Main Street, P.O. Box 82, Climax, Michigan, 49034. And for our regular listeners, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking we missed one. 
You're thinking, oh, they lost a sponsor maybe. But I promise you we did not. And if you noticed the title of this week's episode, you're probably already on to the gag there. More on that in just a second when we get to the main event. I want to talk for just a second about Climax Scott's DigitalNetwork.com and the app where you can actually get all CSDN content directly to your phone or your tablet or your mobile device. If you're tired of social media and you don't want to keep scrolling more in the day or maybe you just miss stuff because it's easy to get lost in all the posts and the ads and things, well, you can get a notification right there on your mobile device every time there's a new article, a new video, or even this podcast. Heck, you can listen to this podcast through that app. So for those of you who are maybe more technologically challenged or you don't want to have to manage another subscription to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or things like that, you can just have one app to get it all. That app is called Spaces by Wix, and through that app, you can follow ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com. In fact, the easiest way to download the app and set up that feed is if you go to your mobile browser on your smartphone, just go to ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com, and it should give you a little pop-up that prompts you to download the app if you wish. It's about a three-tap process, and once you get through that, it's done. And I've got a little video that's going to come out by this weekend to walk people through step-by-step step just in case this kind of sounds a little complicated. It really isn't, but if you need a step-by-step, step, one is coming this week. And as CSDN goes into 2024, we have a goal of daily content at least Monday through Friday. That's the goal. We aren't quite there yet. And to do that, we want your news. Whether it's engagements, weddings, births, obituaries and memorials, heck, even hunting successes. Remember when they used to have bowling leagues in the paper? I mean, that's the good stuff. I mean, I'd love to hear about a good bird sighting, stuff like that. Who doesn't love that small town stuff? The tagline for CSDN is big stories, small towns. So whatever your story is, this isn't me saying we're going to publish everything, but in my mind, there's no story too small in this love letter to a small town in the Climax Scots Digital Network. But if you've got news that we can use or the community can use, Give us a call, 779-456-6713. You can also text that number. You can send an email actually right here to ClimaxThePodcast at gmail.com. And if you go to the webpage or even on that new app, you can actually tap a button to directly message CSDN. And that's super easy and convenient for everybody. Most messages will get a very prompt response if they come in before, eh, call it 11 p.m. or so each day. And usually within one to three business days, whatever your story is will be online or wherever it needs to be. If it's something that may warrant a video or something that's a little more labor intensive, it might be a little bit longer. But in any case, we want to hear your news, Climax Scott's community. We want to show the people, the news, and the events of the entire Climax Scott's community. And just like that, the business is done. Well, almost... Why almost? Well, it's the time of the week where we segue to our main event. And the main event this week is Kristen Wachowski from State Farm. See, there it is. Kristen didn't go anywhere. She is the OG sponsor of Climax the Podcast. More importantly than that, Kristen is a longtime friend of mine. She happens to be my insurance agent. And she is really one of the top cheerleaders, not just for Climax Scott's digital network, but for just about everything in the Climax Scott's community. And I'm not going to tell you all the amazing things about Kristen. I don't think I've got a long enough podcast to tell you all the amazing things about Kristen. I want you to hear Kristen's story direct from her. So without further ado, let's segue to the main event of episode 25. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N with Kristen Wachowski. 
Well, welcome to an interview that's very interesting because I'm sitting across a desk right now from probably the most mentioned name in Climax, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so should I practice it your way, Kevin? Um, call Kristen. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Yes. In fact, that's probably the name of the episode because I was trying to think of, you know, you, something either has like a personal touch from the interview or a <laughs> right. wacky pun or something like that. But I figured this episode will probably be called That's K-R-I-S-T capital I-N. I love it. And Jackie did such a great job last time with it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That was kind of fun. Hey, Jackie, you've heard this 100 times uh-huh. or 22 Let's times. Let's see if you can do it like Kevin. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But if you haven't deduced it yet, the voice you're hearing in this interview is Kristen Wachowski is in the OG sponsor. I did not do an ad read for Kristen Wachowski with State Farm this week because what? basically this whole episode can almost serve kind of like a commercial. Hey, I'll take that. I will take that. I am super appreciative. And being an OG advertiser or sponsor um it's awesome it's one of the best feelings so thank you thanks for making the time thanks for being here thanks for asking me well and the just to get into sort of the how the the advertising partnership or it feels weird to call it that because we've known each other forever Um, but it's the way it's functioning is basically I'll, I'll text you something. Hey, what if we did this? Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. It's, instead of, it. okay, meetings and approving copy and things that a lot of businesses have to do more officially, it's just kind of, yeah, that's fine. Cool. We're just real. We're authentic. We do things, Kevin. Yes. And, the, you know, I say that a lot during the ad reads for Kristen Wachowski with State Farm, but it, it really is about as easy as insurance can be. I mean, I've been through, not, it's not like anybody goes through a million agents, really, but I've probably been through a half a dozen or so. Yeah. And this truly has been the easiest thing. So it's just, it's a literal, yeah, I've got a question. Call Kristen. 15 yeah. minutes, done. Well, and that's what I want. I mean, not to make this, you know, an advertisement or anything like that. But, I mean, everyone knows that we're from Climax Scotts. That's how we, it's just how we do business. It's how we want our kids to be treated in the school Um, I want my kids to be able to go up to someone and say, hey, I need this and they're going to be able to, you know, get what they need. So, you know, I want to make it easy. um, And that is the biggest thing. I want to be available to people. So, yeah. And and like you said, our goal isn't to make this uh, however long it is insurance commercial. Yep. Because in my mind, this is more let's tell the story of Kristen, who happens to sell insurance currently. (laughs) Who (laughs) just happens to. But let, let's rewind the clock because your your students, or I'm sorry, your kids are currently students in the Climax Scots Community Schools. They are. And they are, what did you just say? Is it fifth generation? They are fifth generation. So that's, I happen to have four kids. Um, and they are in sixth grade, fourth grade, second grade, and then I will have a preschooler. In oh the my fall. goodness. We lose our daycare bill. Oh my God. <laughs> Or where, it's are you going to buy things, a boat? Kevin, or? It's the little things. I know I'm going to go buy a yacht or something. I don't know. Anyway. So, all right. So you have your current kids and then there's you. There's so then, no future children, so then, Kevin. Stop. There's no future. You, you never know. That's a miracle of broadcasting. Is always this is where my husband stops listening. <laughs> so your entire and limited to quantity of children, yes. then obviously you were there. Yep. So then your parents. Yep, my parents. Uh, my dad. So 
mom went to Comstock, but yep, my dad was class of 79. Um, so he graduated from Climax. He's also just happens to be the maintenance uh, manager there as well now, Mr. Simmons. Um, and then his dad, and then he was Lee Simmons, also like Howard Simmons. Um, he was on the board of education. It's my uncle. Um, and then Warren Simmons was their dad, good old farmer. Um, and I think that there was one previous to that too, but I, God, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Horrible. Mr. Simmons. Mr. Simmons. Yes. Uh, okay. So five generations, uh, spanning five generations, some of those did, were they in the Scott school or the Climax school? So Cause some of those would have predated CS. Yeah. So Warren and then his wife, Angeline, Angeline Newhouse was her name. She went to the Scott school. So her, um, in the Scott's community center, they have those little pictures. Well, I believe both of their pictures are hanging on the walls there. Um, good God. I have no idea what years they were, but <laughs> anyway, it was, it was before that. And I think that even my grandpa Lee, he may have been prior to the combo too. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to remember, but yeah, because the com that happened in the fifties. Okay, the so yeah, he may have been like right on, right on that, that age. So, yeah, it it just goes way back. And um, I actually live in the Stone House on Thirty Sixth Street, so it's like, you know, we're in one of the. I believe that was a, a mail. I don't know, like a post office or something. Yeah, might um, back those, in the day. that design. I mean, it's very similar to like Lawrence yeah. Memorial Library and yeah. Climax. It's it wouldn't surprise me if that was kind of the yeah, like design. Tracy Piper's her family lived there, and it's just I I can tell people, oh yeah, I live in the Stone House in Scotts, and they know exactly yep. where I live. It's <laughs> you know, and I love that. That's that is where I have always dreamed of my kids growing up. It's I would not get rid of that place if we could because. You know, it's just, it's so awesome. And I love little landmark things like that about the small town mm -hmm. of how you can age somebody by what they know buildings as. Yes. Um, unless you're weirdos like my family where we just <laughs> know a lot of the history or have freakish memories and stuff. Yeah. But how many different things has the current Dave's Bargains been? Mm -hmm. And so, like, what does somebody reflexively call that building? Yeah. If they say the Masonic Hall, okay, you're probably in your 40s yeah. somewhere. But that's what we called it when we were <laughs> yep. in high school. Well, that's what it was you know? when, yeah. when we were in high school. Yeah. I had my graduation reception at the Masonic Lodge. Okay. In I did not realize that. And see, you're so great with history. I'm not as good with the history part. Um, you know, and my grandfather, he actually passed away. It'll be 20 years this month, actually. So. It's like, you know, I was in my early 20s when he passed away, so I was off doing my thing, and I wish I could go back to those times and just pick his brain more. I'm sure my dad has, you know, all this info or whatever, but it's, you know, it's a good reminder, too. We need to talk to these people, you know, a little bit more um, just to learn about our history. So. And that's part of the motivation of what we're doing with this podcast. In fact, just yesterday, I won't spoil the who yet, but talked with a family who's got somebody in their 80s, yeah. one of the longtime residents of Climax, and I don't know how many generations <laughs> into yeah. that family it is, but I said whether we ever publish it to the internet or not, I don't care particularly. I just as soon re have that recording for your family. Yeah. And so that's... 
So if anybody listening out there, if you're like, okay, my my dad, grandpa, whoever maybe doesn't want to be broadcast, get in contact with us. We can figure it out. I just want to make sure people have this history because I've even been looking at things in the last week, uh, whether it's been Climax Crescent throwback segments on Facebook the last few days or being at the history room at the library or even just some of the uh, some videos I've been converting. I can't tell you how many times I've just kind of watched stuff and almost teary-eyed go, oh, my God, take me back to these junior high lip syncs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> old band stuff and All old I plays. can see is, like, Rachel Ludlow on the stage doing, I, I think it was Time After Time or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I wonder if that's the one, but we'll have to – Wait a minute. Look at that. For some reason, my brain was the second you say Rachel Ledlow and we're talking lip sync, she's in love with the boy just popped in my head. Okay. Did she do that? Maybe? I can't remember. That wasn't me, was it? No, I'm pretty sure it was Rachel. Why I remember this, I God help me, I don't she know. She totally would have. She we have got to get it out. Because I we seem to, to remember her like doing a big like yes. self hug. Yes, I can end, see it like too. Like a hug yourself thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was because I think she ended up winning or getting second place. And this may have been now, was that intermediate school years? That was the which intermediate school years. For maybe younger listeners, like the under probably 42 listeners oh, of this, yes. um, Kristen and I are ancient enough to remember yeah. when the intermediate school was a functioning, functioning. school and yeah. it had grades five through eight at it that did. time. And I seem to remember that being, might have been when I was in, because you were class of well, 2000 we or actually, I was 2000, so we actually only finished our sixth grade year there. Then we transitioned to seventh grade. We were the very first class to go to seventh grade in the high school. Gotcha. Because we actually had to walk from the high school down to the intermediate all of our seventh grade year to have lunch yep. because they weren't done with the cafeteria yet. Yep, because that finished in ninety six. Yeah. Yep. That that's exactly so. And maybe it was even seventh and eighth grade. And I could be wrong. Miranda, Jamie, someone could probably call me out on that one. But yeah. Well, it was. It's a, about. I can. I was the first eighth grade class. So that was the ninety three ninety four school year. So the ninety nine okay. class would have been the first seventh and eighth grade. Okay. Because yep. they brought everybody up. But okay. you were in the definitely the first batch for sure in the controversial times yeah. of I remember yeah. co-mingling was a word oh that got gosh. thrown out a lot at that time in school board meetings mm-hmm. and just different public forums because this was a big gosh 10 years or more before you're even like a MySpace or something yeah, like that absolutely um, people couldn't just kind of put their feelings into the ether with a few taps of their thumb on their phone screen <laughs> scary. now we have Instagram yeah but what I find funny is is when you when you run back the clock mm-hmm. like the, the things we were worried about in small town America compared to, say, some very large school systems, even in this general area, yeah, we're worried about things like, will they hear a bad word? Like mm-hmm. it, The concerns were not invalid at all, but it wasn't exactly, these kids are going to be getting illicit substances or anything yeah, along I, those lines. I mean, to be honest, Kevin, and of course this makes me, sometimes I feel like it does make me feel old, but... You know, here I am, I was just talking to someone, um, it was like a distant family member, and we're chatting about, you know, what their kids are going through in their school district. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why I'm so glad that we have Climax. Yeah. Because I feel like my kids don't go through that. And of course there are, you know, certain things that they're exposed to or whatever. It's, you can't hide them from everything, but I feel like CS just does such a great job of keeping it real 
they they keep the doors open those teachers are on those kids and i know that if eli is missing an assignment t langs is gonna be on his butt in powerlifting like that that's important to me you know it's i don't know well and the fact that you also know the scenario you just described is kind of completely in scope of people's current jobs with t langs being the dean of students and things yeah. uh but you also know if somebody like Lark Murphy got wind of that, mm-hmm. she's gonna she's gonna get you a message. It may not necessarily be in her immediate bubble, but yep. those those longtime teachers or teachers that you've just known for a long time, because there aren't really. I think there's only the one in the high school that you and I. Yeah, had. I think she's it actually, Mrs. Murphy. Yeah, I think she's the only one left from our day. I know. I don't even. Because uh, Doug Robinson was He's he recently retired left. like two years ago. Yeah. He would then, have been the other one. I know. And oh. We also went to CS during a time where it was a lot of kind of rotating door, mm-hmm. get a year or two and get experience, get the experience yeah. and go go to a bigger school or another state or something. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with no, that. But we just had a, no. a particularly high amount of those, I feel like. We did. Years. We did. I'll never forget. We had a junior high teacher that she would give us extra credit for brushing her hair. It was just. <laughs> Who was that? Miss Bannister. Oh, okay, okay, got it. That was actually who came into my mind, but I forgot that she had any yeah. junior high because I had and her. and Shelly and... and, oh my gosh, we were all, I think it was like <laughs> social studies or something, and she would literally give us, I don't know. It was funny. She was awesome. But... Yeah, she was there for what was my ninth and 10th grade year. Yeah. I helped her move when it came time for Did her Did you really? Hmm. Yep, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, and then you like Mrs. Eldred. Do you remember Mrs. Eldred? So I never had, I absolutely know who you were yeah. talking about. Like and I can see like, her face in my mind's eye right now. I run into her. I swear I run into her everywhere. Just ran into her probably in the fall. I guess she knew exactly who I was. I mean, it's been <laughs> yeah. 24 years and she knew exactly who I was and probably even longer than good Lord. I did. I had her in junior high. So yeah, just again, like the small small town thing, like everyone really does know everyone and to me that's a great thing. So and something that is I've been doing a lot of history combing the last few weeks. I it seems like we've got an opportunity with the communities. There used to be almost like a school spirit mm. um with the grown-ups in the neighborhood because mm-hmm. Uh, just within the last week or so, I was speaking with Bruce Rolfe, and he was mentioning old bowling trophies. And I thought, gosh, I remember reading in the paper, like the Climax Men's League, the Climax mm-hmm. Women's League. And there would be a couple of different teams in there, like the Crescent. And I feel like maybe Rodads had a team or something along okay. those lines. And then the Crescent had also shared the then 1982 brand new ambulance. And there's like half a town in this picture. There <laughs> of, is. i seen that, too. And, I did see that picture. And I wondering what can we kind of do to get that maybe sort of back where there's more things that bring the community together than just, okay, what are the kids doing? Yep. <laughs> like we're, we're all at the basketball game or we're all at the band concert. Absolutely. And I do think like the Memorial Day, did you make it home for Memorial Day? I didn't year? last year. Chaos ensued. and But that chaos ended up bringing me home Thank for God. good. <laughs> Thank God. Well, and okay, so I'm glad that you said that because I just have to say, going back to the small town thing, Um, because I was going to mention Julie Tiller and the Memorial Day, because that to me is a huge thing. But before I get into that, like, I just have to say the small town thing, you have made the small town, like, feel almost approachable. 
um, like I think about Suzanne all the time. She's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Or is she still? In yeah, she's Pittsburgh. in the suburban Pittsburgh. I, I think, think about her all the time because she and I always used to go back and forth, and Lord, I miss her. Um, and of course, I see her on Memorial Day and all that, but it's like you have created something with this podcast, with Climax Digital Network, with all of that, that it is, you can now, appro- it's approachable. Like it's, I don't know. And there's probably a better word for that, but Suzanne can listen to this. You know what yep. I mean? And it's before this. So thank you. Like I had to give my plug for you because to me, none of this would be here if you weren't giving all of your time and energy to it. Um, and I just don't think it's, it's said enough. So I have to just say like, thank you. Well, truly. thank you. And now to deflect, let's go back to that Julie thing. <laughs> the Julie about. thing. <laughs> the Memorial See, Day he thing. doesn't like that, you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, so the Julie Memorial Day. I think that that is the start of something that we can make bigger. Yeah. I'm Not even bigger, but just more like getting more groups involved. I mean, all of the teams um, work for it. Um, I think someone does the going like taking people back and forth like there's a sports team that does that and they're different sports teams just get involved that is a way for people to just come together and then again in november you know when she does the 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 craft show the craft show um i just think it's huge like that's where we can everyone comes home on memorial day um and we do need more stuff like that yeah we need to get on it let's go yeah, there's some other things that now that I've been back for a holiday season, mm-hmm. trying to think of, is there something else we might be able to add maybe during the holiday bubble when people are more apt to be home? Like this year was great being able to uh, take the reins for caroling on the corners. Like that was yes. so much fun, but it like also that. was on December 1st and 2nd. So if there's something maybe we can slide in around the 23rd or 24th when maybe yeah. you get those oh, hey, Amanda Sinclair's home. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Amanda Broadway. I still can't get used to The only reason I get your name right is because I am paid to read it correctly. Right, I know. <laughs> K-R-I, no, just kidding. No, and it is. It's getting those people home because I'll tell you right now, even my sister, my sister lives in Chicago and every year, are you coming home for, for Memorial Day? Because we know we can see everyone. Um, cause that's a big one where people come home and you're right. We do need to get something more either, you know, I know people are around on Thanksgiving, but more so at Christmas, I feel like. So that would be something that we should, yeah, we need to work on that. Kev. Even just some little small town charm stuff. Mm-hmm. I would think back to when the Crescent used to have bird sightings or who, oh who got a deer this week during yes. deer season. It's like I know. Drew Benoit. Eight point or mm-hmm. <laughs> Dampenoit doe. Like, uh-huh. like to me, that's, I don't know that I appreciated it as much as I could have or should have when yeah. it was just, it, it was always there. And now yeah. that things have changed a little bit on that front, I mean, that's hasn't been in the newspaper for a minute, but now with the change in ownership and the Rolfs retiring and kind of stepping yeah. away, it's how do we keep doing what the town was used to and maybe even bring back some of that local flavor? Well, and just like you said, it was always there. And then you go back to, you know, when we're talking about this history and I think about it's always there, but, you know, my grandpa's not there to ask him anymore. It's like we really need to make sure that we're digging in and, you know, 
I'm going to go home and ask my dad all those questions tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's been a great thing about like going to the history room. Yeah. Because I know that it's basically the most of the day to day of PHS is my parents and Sharon Gasser. Yeah. Um, And so I'm like, gosh, if anything happened to any combination of those, there's a good chance my mom is the only person who knows where a certain thing is. Oh, yeah. Drawer three way in the back in a green envelope. So it's the more time I can spend up there trying to learn the little intricacies of what's hiding where, (laughs) how do do all these pieces connect. Um, But I don't want that to fizzle out because the people who are most passionate about it happen to be in their 70s. Yeah. Like, let's let's try to get some some young blood in there, said Kevin at 43. You know, I, I thought about that this morning as I was thinking about this, you know, podcast today and all that you really do you start thinking about like your stuff i guess and you know my mom um her family grew up in missouri and everyone has passed from there like she has no aunts and uncles no parent her parents are gone and it's like wow you know i mean are my kids would i even know where to take them to show them where their grandparents were born they were both born in homes you know they weren't born yeah. in hospitals so it's like would i even know so it's keeping that do we do that do we do that with our kids like tell them all about the history cuz my my mom was so good at doing that um well, even stuff like knowing where graves are yes it's exactly which of the 3 to 5 cemeteries yeah <laughs> in climax and yep. scott's and my mom was always so good at that because she lost her mom at the age of 20 so my grandma was 44 when she passed away and so my mom was always really good at keeping that stuff alive um i feel like i have done a, a fairly decent job but i don't want my kids to lose that history you know i and i need to do a better job of learning it myself and i was able to catch um one of the prairie historical society Facebook lives. And it was just so nice seeing that back and forth on the comments. And when people say you can't connect with someone online or through a platform, I don't think that's true. I mean, thank God for those connections. Yeah. And it's really helping here because I can tell you roughly 10 to 15% of who listens to this podcast regularly are not in, even in the state of Michigan, Mm -hmm. like for a long time before they just moved back and be like, well, the Zooks have listened this week or the Zook sisters listen because I see two downloads in the British Virgin Islands. Right. Exactly. We know who lives there. I still have no idea who's in Brussels, but by God, they listen to the show every week. Every week. Yeah, I so I don't if know if it's an exchange student. Or... Yeah, that's my was my first thought is is oh, there somebody who's on a military base or was there an exchange student or something? But I, I say it almost every week. Thank you, random listener in Brussels. In Brussels. Who I well, and I no know Vlad. Like Vlad lives. He does not. He lives in Macedonia. So I'm yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's not very, sure. very just very strange to see where this little podcast about <laughs> a couple of little towns and it's where not that a swagger that's you know. Well, that, that's kind of was like my knee jerk when I saw it uh-huh. the first time is, okay, what swagger or swagger yes. descendant joined a branch of military and is that's there a That's exactly what Brussels? I thought too. Yeah. That's funny. So rewinding the clock a bit, because we've, we've been all over the place. Oh here, my gosh, I want to talk sorry. about. I'm no, totally random, sorry. Kevin. That, that's, that's what this podcast is. the point is, of it. Yeah. We want to talk about peanut butter. Hey, here's 15 minutes Let's on go. peanut butter. Let's go. Here's some GIF. Uh, <laughs> or is it GIF? <laughs> 
Oh. Oh, that's a hot debate. GIF versus GIF for the dot that, .gif. Yes, one. that drives me crazy. What is it? I'm pretty sure the inventor of that file format said, everybody shut up. It's a GIF. I invented it. Okay. But I don't know if that was real because I think that was like It bothers me to a, say GIF. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's Either way, people know what you're talking about. I'll have to ask my kids because 99% of the time now they know more. Oh, yep, we're at that point in life. Like I have Snapchat on my phone. Other than filming myself with a wacky filter, no idea. No None. idea how that works. And that's exactly like I'll take my four-year-old. Me and my four-year-old will take a little selfie with like the freckles on your face. And that's the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. And it's, but I also realize I'm probably not the target audience for that. No, platform. exactly. <laughs> Neither is my nine-year-old. So, so when we run the clock back to when we were your kids age, oh boy. basically. Yep. So to my memory, you were involved in several different things. I know you were a bandy because we oh, were, yeah. we overlapped in band quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, drama or no? I did drama. So this is what's funny about drama is that if you asked me now to get up on stage and perform, I would like (laughs) die. I would just love it. I'd be like, oh my God, Jackie, here I am. But back in the day, I was deathly afraid to get on stage. I could not do interpretation um, to save my life. That was all my sister. So I did all the behind the scenes stuff for drama. Okay, because I thought I remembered stage. you being part of yeah. plays, but then I was racking my brain as I was thinking yesterday. Yeah, I had hey, stage what, fright. You know, what embarrassing things could I pull out of the Kristen vault or yeah, something? Yeah, no, I didn't do drama just because I had major stage fright. I couldn't, I couldn't let go. I had way too much control issues. <laughs> Could not um, let go to do interpretation to save my life. So. But you did things like the maybe prompting and like sound effect, yes. like the ringing phone. Yeah, thing. and I just always wanted to be there to support. I and even the cheerleaders. I didn't want to be a cheerleader, but I wanted to support them. So like Danielle would always let me go to the competitive cheer, and like you know the Reynolds girls and Danielle and all of us would just have the have a blast but i wanted nothing to do with actually doing it um my big thing which i've talked to jackie multiple times about this is forensics that was my a number one mrs pierce was yeah that was my thing so what what were your well they weren't were they categories yeah they were yeah i did oratory oh every year every year Okay, so initiate me because other than a passive awareness of there was a forensics category called oratory, oh, Kevin, I remember almost let's nothing talk about else. My oratory days. I don't even <laughs> know if I want to tell you what I did in oratory because, you know, this was 1997, 98, 99. And again, I look at these oratory is persuasive speech. Okay. So you take a super controversial topic and you memorize, you write a speech. Totally memorized, 10 minutes. And Kathy Muley, do you remember her? No. Nope. Portage Central forensics coach, amazing. Not as amazing as Mrs. Pierce, but um, she even coached me one time. Or um, she, she was, your was judge. my judge. Yep. Um, she gave me a one, so that was like major, major huge for me. But anyway, um, yeah, I had major controversial topics. My first year, I did abortion. And then my second year, I did guns in schools because Columbine had just happened. Right. And then my third year, I did role models in the media. So three. And now looking at it, it's like, oh, my God. 
you know, those, it's just so those hard edges and, yeah. um, none of those are light topics today. No. And all. I, I mean, I even, I, <laughs> I found one of my judges, um, you know, feedback pages and I read it and I was, I literally had anxiety instantly. Cause I'm like, I can't believe I did that. You know, it's, but I'll tell you right now, it, not the, obviously the topics themselves, but getting up in front of a classroom full of people and doing a 10 minute memorized speech. Um, it was life changing. I well, mean, it changed everything about my the trajectory of my life. And it's not like you're doing that in English 10 class where your audience yeah. is a whole bunch of people you've gone to school with probably since kindergarten. Yeah, like, absolutely. To me, I feel like that's why I've never really understood stage fright because so many between uh, elementary school music performances and sometimes the little plays that will be tacked on with those yeah. or school plays or announcing sports – I feel like to me, most of my bigger audiences in my formative years, it just never seemed like a big deal because it'd be like, eh, I'm just talking to Tom and Mary, Joe Kidd and Mark and Ann Sinclair yeah, or absolutely. something. It, just, it never seemed like, I'm scared. Uh, right. Because you, we knew these people. I mean, there is a large group of us who all of our children now go to school together. Jamie, Miranda, Andy Banks. I mean, those are the core people that I can think of off the top of my head. We all literally started in afternoon kindergarten together even and graduated together. So it's, you, you just didn't not know people. Um, even when you had a new person come in, it was, I'll, I'll never forget the day that Alice Warner came into second grade. She was instantly about my best friend. I mean, you just, there weren't strangers at climax. Um, and what blows a lot of people's minds, cause I, having been in Chicago and its suburbs for the 21 years or whatever it was trying to articulate to people things about climax and Scott's that was some of the parts that really confused people because when we say things like, yeah, our total school enrollment when it was a building that housed grade seven through 12 was like, eh, maybe 200 kids at yeah. that time. Yeah. Like wait, I graduated with like 1200 yeah. kids. So it blow, would blow a lot of people's minds just to know you being a class of 2000, me being a class of 98, like, wait, you, you not only knew each other, but we were all maintained best friends. contact and adult life. Yeah. Like, what? Yep. We were yes. all best friends. It was, that was one of the best years. Sophomore year was so great. Um, cause all of you guys were there and, oh, that was so much fun. Um, but yeah, it's my, my sister, the one thing that always is super funny because she lives in in chicago you know that and her roommates um so we'll be talking and we'll talk about the whole watch for deer thing <laughs> well in michigan and especially in my family the webster family and the simmons family when you say watch for deer that literally means i love you like yes i love you be careful we'll see you later she was explaining that to her roommates and they both grew up in chicago so they're like We've never seen a deer before. Like they've literally never come in contact or seen a deer up close. And it's like, what? I see one every day in one route of my, you know, <laughs> it's just funny. It's... Yeah. Well, the way I've related it now to anybody in Chicago since I've been back home, watch out for deer to Climax and Scott's <laughs> is to be safe in Chicago yes. because that's like your, yeah. your universal Chicago thing is 
No yep. Be yeah. Okay, Kristen, have a good day. Thanks, Kevin. Be safe. You too. Like that, it's kind of in that same thing, but obviously yeah. in Chicago, completely different environment totally. and a totally different connotation, mm -hmm. but it very similar. And I, when I had first moved back and we kind of got into it's deer season and they're uh -huh. going to be more flushed and out in the road and things, my dad had said it to me one time and I, for whatever reason, it, it struck me maybe just because I hadn't heard it mm -hmm. in a long time. And now he says it to me every time I And now the you're house probably saying it to other people, Kevin. Yeah, when it was uh, when I was in wrestling, there was a guy with a running gag of, "See you later, Dylan. Watch out for the cops, man." Oh my gosh! <laughs> Every time without fail. Every I time without I've fail. I've never said anything like, "Oh my gosh, that's funny." Watch well, out for the and, cops. Well, you know, my husband even it's he was born and raised in the Hopkins area, and I even you know I'd say I talked him into moving down here, but you know it's it's we both made that you know joint decision obviously, but. He even, he knows the difference between down here. And, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's one of the best places. I don't know. Anyway, another tangent. Yeah. So forensic, so oratory. So you said all your years were oratory. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Cause I, my sister did storytelling. Um, so she did totally opposite. So there was gotcha. interpretation and there was public speaking. Um, and she always did the storytelling um, no, I guess she did poetry one year and then switched to storytelling, but I just, I couldn't do the interpretation thing. Yeah. The, you know, if Pierce would have had her way, I would have been in forensics every year, but for whatever reason, I just never wanted to sink my teeth into it. Yeah. I don't know why. Cause when you look at like what I did with my life, like, yeah, that, that checks out. I probably should have done that. Oh, I totally I, see. And I guess I, in my head, I thought you did forensics. Well, I did for two years. Okay. I think I did my freshman year and then maybe the junior year. Okay. It must um, have been junior year that we would have run into each other then. Yeah. The junior year I could not get into. I think I did maybe one meet and then dropped out or something because it was, um, she wanted me to do storytelling. Okay. And she had picked something for me. So that was already oh, yeah. kind of a yeah. little. Halfway eh. in. Yeah, well, I think it was more not a bad choice by Mrs. Pierce, but more of a me going, I don't want to be told what to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was a version of Dracula written by Woody Allen. And Woody Allen just is, I don't know if to this day I've really seen a full Woody Allen movie because Woody Allen stuff just has never been my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, and then I did sales and I will for, I think really what happened, if we want to do some, uh, let's analyze Kevin's, you know, mental instabilities well, here. Um, I did <laughs> sales my freshman year and my product okay. was amazing live sea monkeys. Oh my God. And the first tournament that I did, I think I did pretty well. Yeah. Um, did we do like, was it like finals and semifinal? I think yes, I got to yeah. what, the final finals round or, or semifinals something. Semifinals and then finals. Mm -hmm. But I remember, and to this day, I still, I I may have two or three judges slips yep. like you just mentioned, but I know I have this one and I've held on to it begrudgingly because I was in sales and this paper <laughs> for most intents and purposes, like ripped me to shreds about, yep. you know, oh, That's you did, I, kept you, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done that. But then at the end says, I really want to buy sea monkeys. And I'm like, am I the first person to actually make a sale in the history of sales and right. forensics? Like, how can you say, but you just this wasn't in a heart. How can you say this was ineffective sales? And then you literally told me like, I'll take 12. Right. Exactly. But I totally did a carnival barker thing oh my where gosh. I put not the cartoon sea monkey, but like an, anatomically and biologically correct version of a brine shrimp and i started with like is the animal before you 
a and I, I forget the exact speech but when i hit the punchline i would go into carnival barker so oh the animal God. before you now is an amazing live sea monkey <laughs> and that's what they were ripping to shreds is like the carnival barker is ineffective but obviously then told me, it wasn't because like, you wanted yeah. to buy them and you know what I'm willing to bet that judge, if he said, name three sales pitches you know you critiqued at some point. Like, oh, yeah, there was this doofus from Climax one time you who was hawking sea monkeys. Uh-huh. But that I will but never But I do have to tell you, sales always, uh, sales and, uh, amazingly enough, broadcasting, um, they always intimidated me a lot. Because sales, you had to put a lot of yep. extra work into that. Yeah. Because you had to have visuals yep. and... I and they mean, had to, like, huge. function predictably oh, they as well. absolutely <laughs> did. I mean, you had to do a sales present. How long was it? How long was the presentation? Um, it wasn't terribly long. I want to – it was definitely under 10 minutes. Okay. It was, I think it might have been three like, to five. Okay. I was thinking five to seven. But, yeah, that's – yeah. It was definitely that's sub a lot 10. Of work. Yeah, except my prop was I had the sea monkey and then Brian Shrimp, like, have three eyes and then eventually they'll lose one. So I and actually you did had, that as I a had, freshman? I had, like, removable parts on there. Well, by I had those visual aids as a freshman. That means I had a very innovative father who helped me a lot. Well, and by hey, helped me, I mean did it for me. Very innovative um, father. Awesome. I did the razzle-dazzle and learned how to use it. But in terms of yeah. artistic or crafting things, I will, to this hey. day, defer to somebody else. Supportive parents. Yes. That's what I call it. Yes. So, all right. So forensics. And then I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't delve into band. Because oh most of our friendship was yeah. forged in the band room or on the bus so or in competitions and Everywhere. things. Everywhere, yeah. Band was awesome. But I do have to say, I never... So I had stoddered like two years and out. Like, I really feel like... And I had some amazing um, band memories. And I had Knopfs. Like, Knopfs... And, I feel so like, I don't know, insubordinate calling her that, but that's what she was. <laughs> like we called her Knopf's. It was Miss Knopf's. Um, or Knopf's master. Yeah. Knopf's master. She was the best. <laughs> I hope she listens to this. Um, but anyway, yeah, I never had Miss Stoddard because she ended up retiring. I think in, our, in my freshman year, well, I she, think we decided. She didn't. Yeah. So she would have been there your freshman and sophomore year. Yeah. And then she actually didn't retire that year. She finished out her teaching career in the Bangor Bay City yes, School District I do because Pete that. Lazaroff had gone there. Yes. And I'll I'll tread lightly here and just say that was a more music program friendly administration than the one that was currently at Climax Scotts at that time. Okay. That's okay. not trying to yep. throw a rock, but that yeah. is a, a bit of a matter of uh, half, half, half fact, half perception. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and yeah, it is what it is. I do remember that a little bit. I just don't remember Miss Stoddard like everyone else does yeah. because I didn't have her in my more formative years. My more formative years in band definitely came from Miss Knopf's. Yep. Um, she was, I spent, and when they say band geek, quote unquote, which I don't love that term, but I was the epitome. I mean... <laughs> And, you know, you would agree, like, I feel like you probably feel the same way about yourself, but we, that program just kept me, I feel like it kept me a little bit innocent to an, an extent, because I was a pretty naive, I was the oldest child, you know, I, I definitely was not like the partier girl, I was, I just kept very straight laced, um, and I feel like 
band definitely helped keep me that way. Um, Miss Knox was awesome. Yeah. I wanted to spend every hour that I could down there. Well, and the fact that it was a very unique situation because Knox had done her student teaching yeah. at Climax, so it wasn't a complete That's probably 180. why I feel like I had her more than what I actually did. Yeah, well, you would have had her for three out of yeah. four years in high yep. school. Yeah, and, and she let me switch because I started with flute. Um, That's what it was. I knew yeah. there was something before percussion. Uh-huh. I started with flute, and Jenny Hegedus was just a master on flute. So I knew, like, I was – I did not love flute. Um, and Jamie Case played flute as well. But I – the minute they said we need someone for percussion for marching band, I jumped on it. And I did it just for marching band, and then she let me stay on. Um, and I totally just died, dove in. It was – it was awesome. Yeah, I, I got to laugh. Uh, speaking of marching percussion, you know, at homecoming, Ms. Evans was nice enough to do alumni band. We yeah. actually had quite a few people I turn know, out. I know, I couldn't make it out. Uh, I was so bummed. And I was uh, joking with a couple people about something, and then one of our childhood peers did exactly that because I said, hey, alumni, you know who the smartest alumni in this room is? The person who makes the beeline for the symbols. Mm-hmm. And darn it if that's not what Carrie Swim did. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, See, granted, that's also my, what she played in the marching she band. She was but. my girl. Like, we hung out, me, her, and Tristan, we hung out so much in in band. And, yeah, that was, I forgot she had played symbols. She started on clarinet. Yeah, I, I think it's a very mm-hmm. similar story to yours yeah. of was on something in the Woodwind family. And yeah. then one day we needed a cymbal player or a bass drum. Yeah, something. and we just had so much fun. She allowed us to just... And again, you know how Jackie always says in drama, which I went to the first couple um, practices for drama because my son, super proud of him. He's a sixth grader and he is diving into drama as a sixth grader. I was just super proud. So I went and um, hanging out at the practice and, and Jackie came back to me and she's just like, I hope you realize, you know, and I hope it's okay, but we just let them be themselves when they're at practice. And I, it just made my heart happy yeah. because these kids just deserve to have a safe space where they can just be themselves um, in a safe space. Well, and because of exactly what you just said, I tell a lot of people, I don't know that I would have been able to do a lot of the cool things that I've done oh, in my life yeah. had I gone to school anywhere, grown up anywhere but Climax Scots because – in band, I was allowed to just be that goofball. At the end of the day, business is business, and we've still got a song to play. But, okay, here and there, we're going to... You are also allowed to pile drive your principal. Yeah, you know, just normal, everyday kids stuff. Exactly. Uh, In a safe space where people allow you to just... Hey, Kevin has this super entertaining, you know, ability. Let him do it. And that... And Carl, too. Like, oh, it was the best. Yeah, and it... It's for kids. It's important to have that be authentic. Yeah. Maybe have to be reeled in a time or two, which Carl and I maybe had to be reeled in a time or two or 12 or 50 or in a supportive way. Yeah. But it's, you know, as kids, you don't quite connect the dots. When you look back, you think of how fond so many of those things are of, okay, this is the life skill I got from this scenario. Mm -hmm. And here's why I now appreciate that teacher or that chaperone or whoever it might've been. 10, 20, 30 years later. God, 30 years. You know, it's hard to say out loud. I know it's 24 years this year for me. I've been interviewing for people because I I need a team member. So I've been doing a lot of interviews. And 
you know, I explained to them, like, the whole point of my profession is connecting with people. I also look at that's what every piece of my life, you know, making those connections. And the thing that I appreciate so much about Climax is the fact that I'm able to, like, those teachers are wide open. You can connect with them at any point in time. Um, so it's just, it's what I do for a living and it's what I'm able to do with my kids as teachers. And so it's just kind of a full circle thing for me is, um, that community is, it truly is a, a diamond in the rough. It's yeah. Super happy to be fifth year or fifth generation. So how does somebody who is a fifth or you were a fourth generation I was CSer, fourth, yeah. Um, and now you get to this point where, okay, I've been married a while and now I've got kids grades six through not quite preschool. Mm -hmm. Um, where did insurance come in for you? So my brother is actually, he was a 2005 grad, Dan Simmons. Um, he's actually also a state farm agent and he launched his agency in December of 2015. And I, my parents also own, I, there's like tangents here, but my parents also own Diggin Cafe in Augusta. Well, I was just waitressing for them. Um, I had had two children and was just waitressing. I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, waitress for them and kind of be a part-time stay-at-home mom. Well, then Dan said, hey, when, why don't you come and work for me? Like, well, I'll come and work for you, but I'm not doing sales. Like, I will not do anything other than come and answer your phones you know, whatever you need me to do on the back end, I'll help you with. But I want nothing to do with anything more. Well, then slowly but surely, they kind of talked me in and, you know, and I did it on my own, but I had to do it in my own time. Um, sales is pretty intimidating. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an intimidating field. So I had to kind of just put my toes in, um, so to speak. So ultimately... Um, Unfortunately, what ended up happening, I back up a little bit, I guess. I started sales and then um, ended up managing the office and kind of just slowly but surely got there. Speed up to 2022 and Denise Sheeters was the agent that I took over for um, and she was killed in a car accident. Oh, dear. So she was killed February 2022. They said, hey, if you want at all to be an agent, this is your time. You know, unfortunately the, the situation sucks, but we need an agent to take care of her customers. So I ended up jumping on board and I had a two year old at the time. Um, I was absolutely insane, but <laughs> I went up against seven other guys and I got the job. So here I am. And, um, it's awesome. I think the ability to be able to be a business owner and still find ways to support a podcast and like being able, you know, just get involved that way. It is exactly what I wanted for this. Um, when, when I look at, uh, the circling back to the small town, it seems pointless to ask, well, why do you do all the things you do? Cause I think we pretty well unpacked <laughs> already of just that, that 100%. loyalty and gratefulness for the communities where we grew up. Um, but seeing things out there where you used to maybe see like a Sinclair's market or mm -hmm. some of the businesses that you could kind of count on supporting just about every cause there was rotary, different incarnations of the gas station over the years. Yes. Um, 
but to see your name out there now, to me, that's kind of cool because when I see your name out there, I see Leicester's on oh just God. about everything. Yes. So to, yeah. to see just the impact and the, the, the paying it forward and the paying it back, um, to me, that's great to see. And I'm, I'm hopeful that that's kind of what I'm trying to do here, but not in a spot to do a whole lot of financial support, but there's other ways to give back to that community yeah. without ha- having to shake down everybody's pockets 100%. every time. Because that, that's the hard part is it's not an affluent suburban or Chicago suburb right. or something like that where people have an extra 100K yeah. in, in their back pocket. It's, okay, how do, we, how do we do this in a way that people know you're there, they know what you offer, uh, but without making it feel like a constant bleeding people dry. Yeah, yeah. And that's well, a challenge in the, in the modern times especially. Well, I'm being a small business owner. It's no joke. I mean, I, I'm not sure that you can explain it to someone until they live it, yep. um, until they have, you know, a team who becomes just as important as your kids. You know, you're taking care of your team just like you do your family. Um, you can't put that into words to explain it to someone. And I literally just had to learn it January 2nd, 2023. Okay, here you go. Let's do this. I mean, I just celebrated my one year anniversary and it's like, okay, I feel like a a teacher who did her business or her um, business plan, her, you know, teaching plans or whatever for the year. Now I can look back on it and just do the same thing again. Yeah. Um, and I am absolutely amazed at the support that I've received, you know, from everyone. So it's been, it's definitely awesome feeling. Well, and I think the community appreciates even the little things like, hey, Kristen Wachowski State Farm on my popcorn bag. <laughs> the concession <laughs> <Yeah>. stand. <laughs> so the little subtleties for brand yeah. awareness. Like you're 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 getting yourself out there, you're putting yourself out there, but at the same time not being, Hey, I'm uh, yeah. basically no. doing my old sea monkey approach, but with insurance. <laughs> like I have to say probably one of the most rewarding things is when we are driving down Columbia and John Paul, he's my, my, he'll be four, um, in June. We're driving down Columbia and we'll get almost to 20th street. And he knows the minute, like just as you pass big B, if you turn to the left, you can see my sign yep. from Columbia. And he knows the minute you can see it because the minute you can see it, he screams in the back seat. I see the office. I see the <laughs> office. And he says it until we pull in the driveway. I'm not sure. And that's his name. Like, I'm not sure that there's any words you can put on that, you know? And that's, I hope my kids see the, yeah, mom's working hard, but I hope they see that it'll all pay off one day. I think it will. I think yeah. it's already paying off a little yeah. bit. Thanks for everything that you've done, too. Yeah, well, it's, you know, you were one of the, I mean, gosh, you'd only been the agent for, what, a month or so when... I was like, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. I need to do ad reads for somebody. You want to do that? <laughs> I was like, an, I don't know if you realized how much that meant, though. Like, that was huge for me. I, that was, and I am super excited about it. Well, to me, it's, it's kind of a buzz phrase, I feel like, on the internet. Um, and I want to make this a sermon about clout chasing or the things that people that may post disingenuously on the internet, <laughs> but a lot of people will say support small businesses, yeah. shop yep. local. But if somebody needs a memory card for their camera, they're going to Amazon. 
Amazon. I don't yeah. care what you tweeted. Mm-hmm. You're probably oh, going to Amazon. Believe me, there's a few things uh, I'm still going to Amazon. No, no not, not without exception, but no. with what you're doing, it's like, yes, insurance is largely managed by national corporations. I mean, State Farm is not a name no one heard of until they listened mm-hmm. to this podcast. But it's still Kristen's State Farm. Like, State Farm is yeah. the the overall agents or the overall conglomerate if it's mm-hmm. probably not the best word mm-hmm. but they're the overall body but it's still Kristen does the day-to-day here like you're yeah. supporting Kristen you're supporting her great team of people that answer the phones or answer your emails or get back to you from the forms you fill out at callkristen.com that's k-r-i-s-t-i-n.com <laughs> well and it's I mean you I think that a lot of our older listeners will um remember the door-to-door salesman for life insurance or for your auto insurance and the intriplicate pages. Like when we were cleaning out my brother's office, when he first moved in, we found filing cabinet after filing cabinet of it. And I still do it though. Not all the time, but there's definitely people that, I mean, I've a hundred percent written a lot of policies sitting at people's dining room tables. And I tell people that I'm like, I, I think that there's a couple people that you know that I'm like, hey, don't worry about it. If you can't make it in the office, just call me and I'll come out and sit at your dining room table. So I, again, it goes back to those connections. I don't want people thinking that they have to call a 1-800 number every time they need yeah. help. That's certainly not what you're going to end up doing. So that's important, especially where we were raised. And then you add to that just the my own personal touch story, which I think... I partially told this when I was talking with Jackie, but just the wackiness of when I realized I was moving back from Illinois to Michigan. It, well, who am I going to call for insurance? I mean, let's be real here. So I called. C-A-L-L. C-A-L-L-E-D, Kristen. And it was relatively rudimentary. Like, look, here's what I have in Illinois. I need the Michigan equivalent. Probably 15 minutes or less of my time. But then the we actually, because I knew I was going to be back and forth to Illinois a bit for that first week or so, I said, you know what, let's make the effective date for the Michigan insurance for the car. And I forget the exact date offhand. Let's just say it was the 15th. Yep. And on (laughs) my way home from a four-year-old's birthday party in Chicago, something flies up and destroys my windshield on the last day of the Illinois policy. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be able to get anything done because it was like 8, 9 o'clock p.m. (laughs) And so like, well, what do I do? Call Kristen. So it was like, I, is, am I screwed? Like, nah, you'll be fine. Just call. I think I ended up calling the 800 yeah. number that night to start the claim on. But it's like, God, what a. I hope this doesn't make either myself or Kristen look like some shady no, animals. Here, but not just, at all. What timing. What uh-huh. great timing. What timing. That was. And it is. That's that's usually how it works. But, and that's the thing. You need. I don't. I don't care who. You know. If. I just want you to be able to be taken care of, and that's that's the biggest thing. You know? and, And I think that's an overarching thing. Now, obviously, either of us are going to have some biases because of the personal connection at this point. Let's just say lifetime friendship. Yeah. But I feel like even if we didn't have that, I would be able to guess this is somebody who probably grew up in a small town because there's that level of care where it's it's just simply not you're not just a number. You're not just the eighth person in the checkout lane at a, a major retailer. You're not just one of 35 tables during a big bustling hour at a chain restaurant or something it's you generally just want to do the right thing, the right thing. but for the person in front of you and I, 
a phrase I've used very often, no matter what, uh, no matter what scale of business I've been involved in, because I've, I've done this weird backtrack thing where I worked for Apple, trillion dollar company with how many tens of thousands of employees. Mm-hmm. So basically infinity resources and things. 100%. And then went off and did the all on, all in on the wrestling thing. And that was a network of several hundred people, blah, blah, blah. Then COVID happened. Oh, and then I ended up working yeah. at a mattress store, which is a very bizarre point in my life. <clears throat> but every time it was like, we're getting less and or fewer, fewer resources. Yeah. And boy, could I tell you, yep. I know here's many ways I could tell you the differences of working for a trillions of dollars company versus a millions. And now it's, I basically got me as a resource, but through all of that, I say all that to get to this point of no matter what the scale of the business, I've always believed that, you know, every company has policies and procedures and those Mm -hmm. are important, but there is always the quote unquote correct answer and then there's the right thing to do. It, I was just going to say, if there's the right thing to do. And to me, that's, uh, some people will hear that and be like, "You're that's redundant. Why are you saying that? But I think for a lot of small town folks, it's okay. I understand policy and procedure dictates this is supposed to happen, but this individual in front of me's circumstances make me compelled to maybe color outside the lines or find a different set of lines. And yes. And I'm being the, you basically finished that sentence. I was going to say, you probably have a similar approach. At least I felt that way in one of the goofy scenarios we had with my policy about two months in. Oh my God. (laughs) What a coincidence. And it is, it's, I, I tell people every single time I meet with them and they may not agree with the coverages that I offer or that I recommend, but I always tell them, I just want to give you all of it. Like I want to map it all out for you and you pick what's best for you. Not every single person uses their insurance the same way. No one will. There are certain people that use it one way and another that uses it a total opposite way. That's not for me to judge my job. I never want you to be sitting on the other side of that desk and me not have given you your options to make sure you're the, the best covered that you can be. Um, because I do, I never want, to have that on me, yeah. and I certainly want your family to be taken care of. Um, that's well, the most important thing. Well, and then you add to that, letting people know all their options. A lot of times people are in a specific situation financially right now, but if you've truly connected with that person, and maybe it's a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. I can't afford it right now because of circumstance, but when circumstance maybe changes, if you help them see the value in that. Yeah. Okay, my phone just rang one day, and I got a sale from work I did four years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And it's just an ongoing conversation and things change. I mean, you could have your life insurance in your workplace and you could lose your job and lose your life insurance instantly. And then what, you know, you know, you can call me. Um, those are the important things. I just want, you know, yeah. Do you want to do your ad read to close the show? Oh my goodness. I don't know (laughs) if I can do it. Well, I, I like, oh my gosh, now I made it through this whole podcast, Kevin, and you asked me to do that. And it's like, so all I want to say is that if you, um, ever need a second look at your insurance and want someone who shows up to work in jeans and a Michigan shirt, because go blue, um, call us. It is 269 269- 968-5130. We are located at 75 20th Street in Suite B. We are right across the street from Ollie's. 
And you can visit my website at callkristen.com. That's C-A-L-L-K-R-I-S-T-I-N.com. You know, no matter how many times I've sat on your address or read it, for whatever reason, I heard Sweet Bee is like some nickname for Battle Creek I was unaware of until just Oh, my God. Did we just rename Battle Creek Sweet Uh Bee? Uh Uh-huh. I know. It's crazy. Kristen's office in Sweet Bee, right across from Ollie's and behind Chicago See, you do it so much better. Well, I've also done that exact same pitch. How many times? About 25 times. I think Jackie did it better. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Props to Jackie. Anything I can do to get other people talking on this show, perfect. I love it. This has been, so I was telling Kevin before he came in, I was all nervous about doing this because I'm like, you know, again, stage fright. This has been one of the most, like, easy, I've loved it. It's been awesome. Well, that's the idea. It's as I've told every guest of this show, think of it less as an interview because Kristen, how much paper do I have in front of me right yeah, now? Yeah, we have literally how nothing. How many questions in front of us? that I have prepared for you? It's. And I was kind of freaking out about that, Kevin. I'm not gonna lie. But it's control freak. We try to just for this show as best we can. Off the just, cuff. Just come in, have a conversation. The only difference between this podcast and a conversation we have is I happen to hit record. Yeah. For this conversation, and it's dead. It's dead serious like that's that's been awesome but that's what this is about and there's like zero editing on this one we didn't have any gaps for time or like ringing phones or anything like that awesome it's gonna be a super easy edit thank you for that absolutely and thank you for joining us here on climax the podcast thanks kevin See, that wasn't too bad. Not much of a commercial there. A little bit of one. But the point wasn't to make this an hour-long advertisement. The point was to help even more people realize just how great of a person Kristen Wachowski is. And with that, it's that time of the week for us to put a bow here on this episode of Climax the Podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors and partners, Prairie Historical Society, Eldred Homestead Bed and Breakfast, and of course, our OG sponsor and this week's delightful guest, Kristen Wachowski with State Farm. And thanks most of all to you, the listeners of this show. You are ultimately the ones that keep this going every week. And thank you for listening to Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town. I'll talk to you guys in about a week. If you blink, you've gone too far.